Hey, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Please check out my stand-up dates at thecaseymcclain.com. Also, follow me on all social media at thecaseymcclain. Check out stand-up clips and videos of mine at youtube.com slash McLean. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is where I host this podcast. It's where the file sits. It's also a great place if you want to start a podcast where you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you can get your podcast to that platform very easily. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, it's uh, Casey McLean. be interested to see if you heard that. Uh, I'm recording this as I'm driving to the airport because I'm going out of town. Not for comedy, but uh, I'm not prepared for... I'm not prepared for this week of guests. Also, this is a... Oh, my God. I'm, I disagree with my Google Maps directions right now. That's very annoying because they just keep popping in. Uh, Jesus Christ, Google Maps. Jesus Christ, Google Maps. I don't want to silence it because I'm stupid, and I'd like to take the best... Uh, traffic route but this is insane like you keep i know how to get there this part Jeez, louise um i also started this uh earlier i tried to record this earlier and i realized that if i if someone reverse engineered it they could just get to my daughter's daycare which is not uh what i want so I dropped my my daughter off at daycare, and now I'm uh, driving to the airport. I took a COVID test this morning because you can't trust any cold. I've been sneezing for, like, three weeks, occasional coughs and sneezes, you know, like you wouldn't have worried about in the winter in December 2019 or whatever, February 2019. We're approaching. Not turning right on Cedar Street. Google. I'm going all the way down to the damn, uh, whatever, to the port, to the port of Tacoma, that's the direction I'm driving, um, yeah, we're, we're approaching, I think it was, I think it was March 11th was the day, shut the fuck up, Google, I don't want to go that way, Google Maps is annoying, because it's, like, always trying to make things more complicated to save you, like, 30 seconds, and I think they need something in the algorithm, that considers that when you're, like, stopping at a bunch of lights and taking a bunch of turns, there's some variability in the in the time. Because I said, Jesus, you fuck. Um, <laughs> when I was in Spokane a couple uh, months ago, not months ago now, I guess years ago now, uh, it was snowing, and it, it had snowed. So it was like there was some snow on the ground. It wasn't, like, perfect driving conditions. And uh, I got, I was trying to get directions to Chipotle. And it was like, you could do one way where you just like take, uh, you take a right, and that's your thing. You take a right, go a long distance on one street, 
or there's like a bunch of back streets through neighborhoods that I'm not familiar with. I'm taking lefts and rights and and Jesus Christ, Google. How do you not under, you do you know everything about me, Google, but you don't know the direction I want to go. I'm not going your shitty fucking here we go. Oh man, I've never sworn more on a podcast than talking to Google Maps. I feel like I'm abusing Google Maps and you're all I've been doing it for years and you all uh are finally getting a window into the abuse and it's gotta be it's alarming, I'm sure. I'm sorry. Um yeah, it's just like this algorithm knows if I'm fucking gay or not. Jeez, I'm not doing it, Google. I'm not doing it. The thing you want me to do, I'm not going to do. Actually, that might not be a bad direction. I think that'll get me on to the street I'm trying to be on. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh. yeah, this algorithm knows if you're gay or not. It knows if you're like... You could predict if you have high cholesterol or what your astrological sign is or if your wife's going to divorce you. Um, oh, these are all things that I'm specifically worried about. Uh, uh, but I can't tell you, like, we can't get a we can't get a read on, like, do I want to take 46 one-way streets in the snow to get to Chipotle? Come on, Google. Oh, this is why this street. Oh, I live in. I'm in a neighborhood right now where I just heard some big pops <laughs> in this neighborhood. These uh, pops might mean something different. I don't think they were gunshots. You guys have that uh, that next door. I have a this app called Next Door. I think there's one called Citizen that might be better. I'm gonna look into it, but it's basically just an app to figure out if. That should be called fireworks or gunshots, in my opinion. It's either it's fireworks, gunshots, and off-leash dogs. These are the menaces of most neighborhoods, it appears. Um, shut the fuck up, Google. I guess I'm going to mute it for now, because I know how to get where I want to go right now. Um, anyway... Yeah, those apps, it's like that and people arguing about um, what to do with the homeless people. Half of everyone, it seems like, like wants to round every homeless person uh, up and put them in jail. And then half of everybody else has moved away but wants homeless people to be invited into our home like Revolutionary War soldiers. And I think it's, uh, I think both sides are unrealistic. In this. That's my my deep opinion. Um, I went to see the Batman yesterday, which sounds like a way an old person would say uh, Batman, but it is. I think it's the name is the Batman. I'm. Uh, I mean, I don't think I'm going to spoil anything. I'm also I don't hold any part of the uh, comic book movie experience sacred, so I really don't care about spoilers. Uh, I think it's like it's. So my wife was quizzing me on these on the way back from the movie, and I I'm sure that I've seen the like Michael Keaton Batman, but I don't remember. Go what? Is, oh shit! I just honked at a guy who was not hitting that pedestrian. Um, <laughs> he's gonna think I'm a huge asshole. He was just not turning a left into the body of a pedestrian at night. 
I'll tell him to, to get going. He's going to fight. Um, I'm such a, this is making me sound like such a more aggressive driver than I am. And I, uh, I'm not a very, I'm a pretty cautious driver. And a pretty, uh, like, low road rage driver. I just thought that I had a gimme there and I missed it. Um, <laughs> so, the Batman. Uh, I've seen, for sure I've seen what I think are the Christopher Nolan ones, but I'm not even connected enough to the series to care or know if those are if actually the Christopher Nolan Batmans. Because uh, I just don't care. Uh, but the ones here's what I how I separate them. I don't know about Christopher Nolan, the Christian Bale Batman is what I call them. And I would say, if I'm given a, a comparison, if I'm ranking in the pantheon of Batman movies, this does not compare at all to the the Christian Bale Batman. If I remember right, I don't even know the names. Uh, I liked the first one a lot. I think the second one the most, and the third one the least of the Christian Bale Batmans. And um, maybe the first one the most, because the Joker was really great. Heath Ledger was really great. Um, this one kind of stunk, but it was like, I think in a way that maybe Batman fans will like, because it was like kind of corny, cheeseball, comic book shit. And I'm not into that at all, but I know that's like kind of, it's like, I've realized that Batman is like just a noir. And so there's like a little bit of the like kind of corny dialogue that I think is, part of the part of the character, part of the series that like again I just don't have any connection to, so if I'm just judging it on a movie on its own merits, it's like a bad noir and a bad action movie. But if you like combine these things and your affection for Batman, uh maybe it serves Batman fans well. Um Actually, I will also say this. They had a little bit of the, like, woke, politicky stuff in it. And uh, Zoe Kravitz, I thought, was fine as uh, Catwoman. There was one part. I I guess I would say this. uh, They didn't lay it on thick. There was a part where Catwoman says, like, uh, something about Gotham only cares about these rich white men, something like that. And... uh, I think that, I mean, first off, I don't think that's, like, the most politicky thing to say. Politicky. Uh, I don't think it's the most political statement to make is that large wealth centers care about rich white dudes the most. I think that's probably relatively accurate. Um, I did read a thing that Zoe Kravitz played. She said that she played... Uh, she played... Hold on, I'm going to turn my directions back on now so I don't miss my exit. Come on, baby. She said she played Catwoman as bisexual, and I think that... This is the thing about Google Maps. I wish that it would just know that I'm talking. Can I put a podcasting mode onto Google Maps? Not a, uh, I'm listening to a podcast mode, but for the very still large population of people who are who have their own podcasts. Can we do that? Um, I'm looking at the Tacoma Dome as the Lime Car Museum right now. 
I thought Zoe Kravitz was good. I felt like there was like maybe a part of it that was trying to kind of recapture the magic of Halle Berry as as a uh, Catwoman. That's fine. I don't really again. I don't really care. Is Catwoman a black woman? In I assume she's not in the series, which is fine with me that they made. Or they also made a commission. They also made Commissioner Gordon a black dude, which I thought was like actually not distracting at all, to be honest with you. And they had, um, you'll know early in the movie, they have this uh, like mayor, there's like a mayoral election going on, and there's a mayoral candidate that I think is supposed to basically be AOC that is a black woman. So I think that it kind of does, I think it like, in my opinion, again, not someone who has any emotional connection or care, towards uh, the, like, Batman canon. Ooh, I'm almost getting hit by a GMC Yukon. I rode in a GMC Yukon Uber sometime maybe pre-pandemic or in that, like, brief moment in 2021 where we thought the pandemic was coming to an end. And uh, really comfortable. I get why people need these big fucking gas guzzlers. I get why they like them. Um... Yeah, so as far as, like, the... I thought they, like, made those movies kind of diverse without making it, like, a point. There was no, like, Commissioner Gordon. Maybe there was a line that he said that was, like, kind of anti-police. But my wife and I just started watching the the reboot of the original Law & Order. So not... We've watched SCU about 500 times, but they just rebooted um, the original. And... It's got, so it's the one with Anthony Anderson, and it used to have the guy that played Big from Sex and the City, but I have to imagine he's, I don't know if his character, like, left the show, or if he's just persona non grata for whatever the nondescript um, Me Too thing that he did was, I don't remember what it was, but uh, the whole thing is just this dude, oh man, what is his name, he plays, uh, one of the Gerhardt kids on the, like, season two or season three of Fargo? Season three? God, I can't think of his name, but he's the white cop on there. And the whole, like, and hopefully this is just to, like, kind of modernize. They're doing a lot of, like, we got to catch this series up because it's been gone for so long to know that, like, we realize there's a problem with uh, police discrepancy of treatment between the races and we recognize that uh, the court system and society have been unfair to abused and, uh, and battered women and all that stuff. And that's fine. I hope it's a little bit like one note when everything is like Anthony Anderson, who at this point has got to be like a fucking 25-year cop. And our, we're saying that like he's going to be like, no, actually cops are bad, and I've always known they are bad. Uh, I don't think that's how cops generally operate, but, um, and of course the other dude, the white guy is like always saying stuff that like, it's like racially insensitive. Like I wouldn't call it racist. I would call it like ignorant, which is what makes it like truly ignorant, which is what makes it, uh, insensitive. But it's like many of these things are lines that would never be said in the real Batman has a dialogue like that too, where you're like, Oh, this is, are you just like uh, really laying out this 
you're trying to fit a, an entire plot point into one line of a of a character. Um, anyway, John Turturro is in Batman, and he's one of the most amazing actors of our time, I think. Or this is like one of those situations where, do you remember when you like you were growing up and there would be a band that like everyone liked? And then the next year, everyone's like, oh, no, actually. Like, uh, here's my experience. We all liked Sublime. <laughs> we all thought Sublime was cool, and it was gritty, and it was part of, like, that. They came around during that, like, kind of grunge era, so they had, like, ska and grunge influence. And we all liked Sublime until about 2006. Everyone decided that actually Sublime sucked the whole time. They sold all those records because people are stupid, and nobody, like, Sublime sucked. And Sublime is good. I like Sublime fine, but that's what I feel about uh, John. I'm always worried about giving an opinion that's positive about something I'm not like. Maybe John Turturro sucks. I like him a lot. He was phenomenal in Rounders. He was great in uh, 61. He's like, I mean, he might not even be his like, iconic great. Every, he's in a lot of stuff that you're like, oh, yeah, he's so fucking good. And uh, anyway. Boy, I got, what do I have? I have uh, about 10 more minutes to talk about this. Please come see me do stand-up comedy, by the way. I'm doing, I have to take this whole week off of stand-up comedy. I was going to try to get a show in the town that I'm in, uh, which I'm not going to, not disclosing for, uh, for, uh, <laughs> for anonymity purposes. I might have even talked about it on the last podcast, but uh, I'm not. So I get, I get back on Friday and I'm doing a, guest spot at Chakamra in Tacoma. Then on Saturday, 4.30, I'm hosting the Pirate Show, which is like the comics doing their absolute dirtiest material. And then uh, the weekend after that, I'm at Tacoma Comedy Club hosting for Chris Porter. I got demoted. Last year, I featured for Chris Porter. But I feel like I'm not, my material development right now is not uh, happening as quickly as I wanted to. So I asked them to, uh, I asked a couple comedy club if I could do an MC weekend, which I haven't done in, well, I guess I did one at the beginning of the pandemic, because we were in that stage where, like, every local comic hadn't worked in forever, so they were, like, the people who would normally be on the road headlining were featuring, and the people who normally feature, like myself, were hosting, and then people who were hosting were, uh, sitting on their thumbs at home, and, uh, so I did a feature weekend like June 20, no, uh, sorry, a uh, host weekend, June 2020. There was like a month where Tacoma Comedy Club figured out a loophole to be open. And then I did um, a host weekend, maybe February 2021 for uh, David Wayne Jr., Again, same situation. Every local comic, but they, like, reopened. I did one of or the first weekends back. and uh, But besides that, like, I'm not doing host weekends a lot. I guess I meant, that's one a year. Um, I just want to go, I'm going to go, like, do ten minutes of, hopefully ten minutes of completely new material or ten minutes of relatively new material. And, uh, but Chris Porter. And he's got a funny opener coming. I can't remember her name, but 
Chris Porter is very funny. And then, oh, the weekend after that, I don't know. I think I'm off. But then I'm going to check my calendar. I'm in. Uh, I'll be in Olympia, Washington. Uh, some like Sammamish or Snohomish, Seattle. Uh, uh, what else? Montana, Moses Lake. Uh, I'll be in uh, Kalispell, Montana, Moses Lake, um, Pasco. Then I'll be, at some point, I'm going to uh, Austin, Texas, the end of April. And I'll be in Louisville in July. So come check that out. Louisville Comedy Club opening very soon. Uh, yeah, so check that out. All right. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about is Major League Baseball is banning the shift. And so banning it to the degree that, like, my understanding is the shortstop cannot be on the first base side of second base. So they can still go all the way to be, like, directly behind second base. So there's going to be some limitations to the shift and I find this pretty frustrating because baseball has always been this game of like kind of competing evolutions right so um, we we've seen like this there's been these like high strikeout eras these high home run eras we have like we're this kind of juiced ball launch angle revolution era and that was a reaction, by the way, to these, like, ground ball pitchers. Uh, and the, the swing plane of batters being interacting poorly with, like, sinkers that pitchers are. Felix Hernandez, the beginning of his career, this is why it's so hard, by the way, to be, like, a decade-long incredible pitcher, at, or, you know, beyond a decade even for some of these Hall of Famers is the game evolves. So because there were all these great sinker ballers, these guys started changing the plane of their swing to better interact with sinking pitches, two-seam fastballs and sinkers, and split-finger fastballs and all that. And they started kind of changing the – they changed the launch angle on pitches like that. And now the rewarding pitches are uh, – Balls that rise, balls that interact more poorly with this kind of upward swing trajectory. And baseball evolves. And so maybe the only point where I think I can remember in my life. So the designated hitter is odd. Did we get, I actually didn't see if we got, I think we, universal designated hitter is going to be part of it. But uh, um, the DH is kind of weird because it seems like, in, just in retrospect, it seems like a way to uh, just artificially, it's like just for marketing purposes. And I actually don't like it. I don't like the designated hitter, and it seems like it's going to be around forever. I like the strategy that's required to like substitute around your pitchers at bat, both on defense and on offense. I think that's like pretty great. It's better brand of baseball for a true baseball fan, but I also recognize that Nobody gives a shit about me. They need to get these casual fans more involved and uh, more interested in baseball. So, um, ooh, that's, I don't know if that did with an accident or not, but 
He was poorly parked on the shoulder, everybody. Uh, oh, we have a, another slowdown coming up. Brief slowdown. Uh, the problem I have with the shift is, like, there is a very obvious strategy. It just makes a specific brand of baseball player less valuable, which is the left-handed, all-or-nothing slugger. But many of these guys could train themselves. These are the best baseball players in the world. Train yourself to hit the ball the other way. Train yourself to hit the ball on the ground or bunt or whatever that counteracts the shift. Like, allow baseball strategy. This is like, I guess, like free market capitalism in my in baseball, but it's like we don't need to litigate every single strategy out of the game that makes one team have an advantage over the other. This is part of the advantages, like this intellectual pursuit of optimizing baseball. So if eventually the shift becomes such, and I think there's like some, some uh, indication that teams were shifting to a point of diminishing returns because they were shifting so often. Uh, No, I got five minutes. Yeah. So to me, the thing is, is you, you just they shouldn't be litigating this thing out of the game. Like for team, allow teams to strategize in a way that makes teams stop shifting so much. Part of the problem is that you have these individual players that are under huge contracts now. So they're probably like a Joey Gallo type. Without the shift, he's significantly more valuable. And so I guess and he's, you know, under a big contract, uh, so you got to – but, like, I don't know. You, it's just annoying that baseball is fucking with the, the – the the one example that I think is maybe a, a precedent that's worth considering is in a – I think it was 1969, maybe the 1970 season. Uh, for some reason, 72 is in my mind also. Uh, they lowered the mount, the, the pitcher's mount. And it was kind of in response to like maybe the one of the lowest offensive years in the country, I think, uh, or in the, in the in the country in the in the history of baseball. Bob Gibson had like a zero point nine something ERA. He was just like incredibly successful. Uh, I think the next pitcher was like also under two ERA, and there was like just a drought of run scoring. And yeah, I I think that's like we're at a point in baseball where there's like there's a lot of fucking home runs and I don't think you're going to get rid of the home runs. Like we, it's kind of devalued these home run records. It's like a 17 game season in football where it's like, well, a 5,000 yard season used to seem like out of reach. Like if Dan Marino couldn't do it, nobody can. And then we changed the rules on hitting quarterbacks and changed the rules on hitting receivers and good. I mean, that's good changed them for the good, at least for the good of the players, long-term health. But we've kind of made this, like, 5,000-yard season. It's like, well, we now with another game and these, like, inflated passing numbers, uh, we expect there to be a lot of 5,000-yard passers. That's not, like, a such an amazing feat anymore. And I feel the same way about um, – I feel roughly the same way about this. Banning the shift things like 
the guys who were big sluggers are actually going to be more encouraged to take those swings because even the bad versions of those swings now have more green to hit. They're more likely to get on base. Again, though, one thing about baseball, if you're if you're like me and you believe in, like, I actually think, like, <clears throat> the shift isn't traditional, but the, like, not meddling with the rules is kind of a traditionalist view. If you believe in that, they don't need you. Like, they don't need to impress you. They need new baseball fans. Baseball needs new baseball fans, and we're not that. They're not doing this for us. They're not doing this to make the game better for us. They're doing this to attract, you know, 17-year-olds, 15-year-olds, 10-year-olds of today who see, honestly, a better product in football and and basketball. Um, anyway, okay. I'm about to take my exit, so thank you all for listening. Uh, come see me do stand-up comedy. Find me on everywhere at uh, VKC McLean. Check out my my uh, debut comedy EP on YouTube called Baby Weight EP, and I will talk to you later.